Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Today, we are in James chapter 5. And so let's start. Let's read James chapter 5. We're going to read some awesome verses starting in verse 13. It says, Are any of you suffering hardships? And maybe your translation says, are any of you in trouble? So basically, is anything going bad? Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord, which represents like the presence of God, the power of God. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. I love verse 16. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, the earth began to yield its crops. Today, if you're taking notes, I want to talk over the next few minutes over this subject that the power of prayer, the power of prayer. Now, I want to encourage you that today, let's lean in, not, not so that you can hear from me, so that you can hear from God today. We've been praying. We've been praying for this service. We've been praying that God would speak to you. And what we believe is that God wants to speak to each and every one of you. So let's lean in, expect it, knowing that God wants to do something big here today, okay? So God, we love you. We open up our minds and our hearts, our entire life, and we give you permission to do whatever you want to do. God, I ask right now, in Jesus' name, would you please teach us the power of prayer? We love you, and it's through Jesus we pray. And everybody said amen. So how many of you grew up? in a praying home. Like you would say, I grew up in a praying home. Some of you did, some of you didn't. Like I grew up in a home where we prayed at dinner. That was kind of our flow as a family. Every time we had family dinner, we'd circle around and we'd grab our hands together at the dinner table and pray over that. So now, now I'm a parent. In fact, here's a picture of my family from Father's Day. That's, that's from our amazing team. So, so that's, it's, a, it's a great. So my, my, that's, that's my family. If, by the way, my name's Brian, if I've never met you. So I'm Brian. And then my wife is the only adult in the picture. And uh, she's right here on the front row. Her name's Heather. And we've been married 15 years. And, um, and then, we, you know, we, we love each other. So we have two consequences of passion. So we have two little boys. <laughs> So we have our oldest son's named Jordan, and he's seven, and then Caleb is five. And, uh, and right now, as parents, we're trying to teach those guys about prayer. We're, we're trying to somehow have these little boys and understand, like, what prayer is. And, and recently, Caleb, our youngest, has really gotten into it. Like, and kind of our rhythm as a family is we pray at night. So, like, we pray, we pray right before, like, the bedtime routine, right before we, we tuck him in. We'll pray, and we'll ask, hey, does anybody want to pray? And Caleb's been jumping all over. He's like, I want to pray. I want to pray. Now, his prayer's theologically inaccurate. Um, he's... <laughs> He basically just prays like it's a recap of his day and his ever-growing wish list of all the things that he wants in the world. 
And, uh, but it's really cute. And most of the time you can't even understand half of it. In fact, we recorded it last night so that we could share with you. Uh, by the way, don't judge me, okay, if you're like, <laughs> he still needs Jesus, okay? He really does. But we're trying to teach him prayer. And so here's, 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 here's Caleb, our youngest, praying last night. You got a lot and I love color, and I, and I got the free graph from Michael's, and I went to Michael's and Hobby Lobby, and I love, love things, and I do something really cool, and play games, and play Retronga, and play any easy games, and play every day in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That's my son's prayer life right there. In case you didn't catch that, he went to Michael's and Hobby Lobby. And uh, he just wanted to make sure Jesus knew that too. And <laughs> it's very rare that, we, that he prays without talking about uh, Chuck E. Cheese and Toys R Us. So that's, uh, that's not Toys R Us. Target. That's it. Chuck E. Cheese and Target. Those are the two. R.I.P. Uh, Toys R Us. Okay. <laughs> You know, we're, we're trying to teach those little guys as parents about prayer. We're trying to teach them what prayer is. And as I thought about it, I think it's really important that we all understand what prayer is. And so write this down. Prayer at its simplest form is talking to God. That's it. Just prayer is talking to God. That's it. Like as simple as it can be, prayer is just talking. It's just communication with God. It's not just this spiritual ritual. It's not sh some just magical equation that if we say it the right way with the right words, that God does exactly what we want when we do that. Prayer is just communication. It's simply talking to God. And why has God given us this gift? Why has God given us the gift of prayer, the ability just to talk to him? And listen, it's because God, it's as simple as this, because God wants a close relationship with you. That's why he's created prayer, so that you have the ability to be close with him. Not just religion, but he wants relationship. Not just rules and regulations or not just keeping this list of do's and don'ts. He wants a relationship with you. His desire is to have a close, intimate, real, daily relationship with you. And here's the truth. Communication is crucial to any close relationship. That you'll never be close to somebody that you don't talk to. In fact, my wife, Heather, and I mentioned that we got married 15 years ago on May 22nd, 2004. And here's, here's kind of a wonderful picture from that day. And, uh, you know, we're just, we just so in love on that day. And that pinky ring is still just as strong as last time I put it up there. I got to bring that back, you know. And, uh, you know, just imagine on that day that this wonderful day, that really started our marriage. Just imagine on that day, if I looked at her in the eyes and I made that heartfelt, intimate, lifelong commitment till death do you part covenant. And then I walked away from that moment and never talked to her. Just no communication whatsoever. No conversation, no face to face, no phone calls, no text messages. No, no, just old school snail mail, writing a letter, putting in the mail, no email, no, no, no sliding into her DMs, nothing. 
Just imagine, just imagine if there was zero communication, nothing. Do you think we'd be close? Absolutely not. There's no way. There's no way we would have a good relationship. There's no way we'd be close. But here's the reality. I think sometimes we do the same thing with God. We make this heartfelt, intimate, lifelong commitment. Maybe it's in a church service where you experience the presence and the power of God and your heart is touched and you make a decision to follow him. Maybe you raise a hand or maybe you've walked an aisle or maybe you've been baptized and you've had this, this moment where you, I'm making this commitment to you, God, and you give your life and then you never talk. And then we wonder, we get frustrated about why we don't feel close to God. I don't feel the same thing anymore and it just feels distant. But it's a proven fact that those you talk to the most are the ones that you're closest to. And in James chapter 5, James talks practically about prayer. And he talks a lot about this, this, this amazing gift that God has given each and every one just to be able to talk to him. And so I want to pull out three things just from this, these scriptures about prayer. And here's the first one. James says, pray in every situation. Pray in every situation. And in verse 13, he says, are any of you suffering hardships? Are you going through anything hard? Is life bad? Your response, he says, you should pray. And then on the other end of the spectrum, are any of you happy? You should sing praises. And by the way, that's what we just did. And if you notice, it's a lot of just talking to God. It's literally praying just with songs. And so he's saying no matter if you're going through something great or, or if life is hard, no matter what, the response is the same, talk to God. And then he says, are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. See, James is saying that in every situation, no matter what you're going through, if it's good, if it's bad, if it's ugly, if you're sick, if it's day to day, if it's just a normal, same old, same old, whatever's going on, talk to God. Why? Because that's what you do when you're in a close relationship with somebody. That's what you do. You talk, you communicate. I mean, because have you ever had a relationship with somebody where the only time they come to you is when something is wrong or they need something? Like, that's awful. Those relationships aren't any fun. In fact, I call those relationships like very transactional. Like every time we talk is because you want something or you need something from me or you need some money or you need something. Or every single time that we talk, it's like life is going on and like life is just hard and bad. And it's, that's the only times that we talk. And here's what I found with the relationships like that. You're never close with people like that. Those aren't ever the people that you go to. Those aren't ever the people that are in your top five. Like those, are, those aren't the people that like, man, I can't wait to spend time with them. You're never close with the relationships like that. But when that happens with God, and we treat God that way, he really is just a genie in a bottle that you only bust out when you really need something. And prayer is just your 911 call when everything is a dumpster fire. But James is saying, no, 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 like pray in every situation. In fact, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, never stop praying. Never. Other versions of the Bible, they, they use that verse and it says, pray without ceasing. Maybe it says, pray continually. There's one translation that says, pray all the time. So you're telling me, Brian, 
that I had to pray all the time. Morning, noon, night, afternoon, all the time I've got to pray. I can't eat, I can't sleep, I can't hang out with friends and family. Some of you are very literal and you read that, you're like, so I have to pray like literally all the time. Like I can't have any fun, I can't watch the ball game, I can't have a many, many petty anymore. Like I've just got to pray all the time. Just pray, pray, pray. Here's the cool thing. If you search that verse in the original language, here's what it means. It means that the lines of communication between you and God should always be open. In other words, that it's bringing God into every single situation of your life. That's why like we, we believe so much in this principle and you can write this down. It's very simple, but it's just pray first. Just pray first. That means before we do anything, and before everything, we're going to pray and we're going to invite God into whatever we are doing. So before your day even gets going, God, I just need you today. It doesn't have to be long, but just God, I'm inviting you in. I'm going to pray first before my day. You know, before, before that meeting, God, I'm going to invite you into it. I'm, I'm going to pray. Pray first before you reply to that text message. Come on. I'm going to pray first. Before I just jump off the handle, I'm going to pray first. Before I discipline my kids, I'm going to pray first. Before I, before I make that purchase, before I, I, God, I just want to invite you into this. In everything that we're doing, we're going to pray first. By the way, that's one of the big reasons why we have Saturday prayer. Maybe you've heard about this, maybe you haven't. But every single Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m., we pray together as a church. And it's something that you're, like, everybody's invited to, and it's... And here's, here's why. Before you start the weekend, pray first. See, some of you, your Saturday night would be a whole lot better if you got up and prayed on Saturday morning. Why? Because pray first. We want to invite you into this weekend. That's why we do that before we ever step foot on this campus on Sunday. Because we want to make sure we pray on Saturday before we come here on Sunday. Because we're inviting, we're desperate for God's presence. We just don't want to play good music or preach good sermons or take care of kids in a good way or just throw good after parties. We need the presence of God. And so on Saturdays, we pray and we ask God, we invite him in to every single thing that we do. By the way, that's the very first thing we ever did as a church. As soon as we moved here, we started praying. It started in my basement. We just, a couple people just going down and we just praying inviting God into every single step of this process. And then it outgrew. Then we went to another house and we were praying there for a while. And then we outgrew that. Now we're meeting every single Saturday at a spot downtown called The Warehouse, 1455 Dalton Avenue. And I just want to encourage you, invite you, come. And some of you are like, pray for an hour? My goodness, how? We'll teach you. It's fun. It's great. Honestly, it feels like this. And, and it's fun. And so we'll teach you how to pray, but it's just this principle of pray first. Before anything, we're going to pray because, because we want to do this. Because prayer is our first response, not our last resort. We want to live this way. I want to parent that way. I want to be a friend this way. I want to be an employee this way. I want to be a boss this way. Like prayer is our first response, not our last resort. So James says pray in every situation. And then number two... Pray with others. Pray with others. In verse 16, he says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I love the message paraphrase 
where he says, make this your common practice. I love that. Make it common. Make this normal. It's what we do. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. And I want you to notice that in both translations, James, didn't, James says you'll be healed. He doesn't say you'll be forgiven. Why? Because through what Jesus did on the cross, your sins have already been completely and totally forgiven. But James is communicating this important truth this important truth that you go to God for forgiveness, but you go to people for healing. That is, it's this principle that he puts inside of James that says, hey, like you go to God for forgiveness, yes, but you actually go to people for healing. So my question to you is who knows your secrets? Who knows what's going on behind the scenes? Who knows what's happening that you just don't post on social media? Who knows your secrets? Because if you're the only one that knows your secrets, you're in trouble. And you don't have to tell everybody, but you need to tell somebody. In fact, sin won't kill you. Secret sin will kill you. And this verse, James chapter 5, verse 16, it beautifully communicates this truth. That confession, which by the way, I understand that that word has a lot of baggage attached to it. And it can be kind of like, man, I hear this only in church confession. Let me, just, let me just take the stigma off of it. It's taking something that's in the dark and putting it into the light. That whenever, whenever confession, whenever you take something that's in the dark and you put it into the light, two things happen. Healing and freedom. But everything on the inside of us doesn't think that's going to happen. And that's why we hide. That's why we keep those things in the dark. Because we think, no, 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 if I do that, I'll feel exposed. If I do that, I'll feel judged. If I do that, uh, who knows what people are going to think of me. If I do that, I'll lose my leadership. If, if people, like, but the Bible says that if you take what's in the dark and you put it into the light, you will experience freedom and healing. So we're not designed, you and I to live life alone. It doesn't matter your personality type. It doesn't matter if you're an extrovert or an introvert. It doesn't matter your Enneagram number. It doesn't matter what, like what, if you go to Grow Track and we tell you about what personality and what spiritual gifts you have, that none of us are designed by God to live life solo. None of us. That's why we bought in heart and soul to this principle and this mantra that we refuse to live life alone. And let me tell you, when you have to refuse to live life alone is when you want to live life alone. When everything inside you screams, hide that. When everything screams inside you, don't tell somebody. That's when you have to sit there and say, I refuse to live life alone. And so we refuse to live life alone because we know that we can't. And so we've, we've bought in heart and soul as a church. We've actually designed so many things in our church to be able for people to experience that. In fact, that's why we do our small groups. That's why our small groups are such a big deal because no matter where they are, we're right now in the middle of our summer small groups and we're gonna start a new one in the fall and we'll do another semester of small groups. We'll have a bunch of options, but let me tell you why we do each and every one of them. It's so that you can get in an environment where you know you can connect with other people, where people know your name, where people know, can ask you, look you in the eye and say, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? How can I pray for you? That's why, 
So no matter what the group is and what it's designed, it's intended for that. It's for you to be able to live life with other people. And especially as we grow as a church, it becomes so important that as we grow as a church that it continues to stay small. And that's why we do our small groups. In fact, something that maybe you don't even know is that we've trained all our small group leaders. A big part of the responsibility of a small group leader is to pray every single day for the people in their group. So if you're a part of a small group, you need to know that your small group leader is tasked and trained to pray for you. So there's people that are right now in this room that are in my small group that I pray for. I pray for you. And, and, and we pray every day. And so, because that's, that's part, because we know that we can't do this thing alone and that prayer is powerful and we want to make sure that we're praying for you. You know, that's why also that, that every single service at the very end, when we're dismissing and people are walking out, we invite our prayer team up at the front. So that if you need prayer for any area of your life, big or small, it could be on your worst day or it could be just everything's going great. Or maybe you just have something this week that you want prayer for. That's why we provide people that are trained, listen, not to counsel you. They're not here to counsel you. They're here to pray with you. And so if you ever want to know, like, what are they going to say? Nothing. They're just going to pray. That's it. And they're going to pray because why? We believe in the power of prayer. We believe in being there, praying for each other and with each other. That's also why we do our our prayer cards that if you find your connection card. That's one of the biggest reasons why no matter, because some of you, maybe you stealthily get through the people that are trying desperately to give you one of those pieces of paper when you walk in. You're like, I've seen it. I've done it. I've read it. Let me tell you why why you should get it every week. Every one of you. Because in there on that connection card at the very bottom is a prayer request card. And we actually separate it from your personal information. And every single week at Saturday prayer, we pray over every single one of those cards. So if you fill that out, know that people are praying for you. In fact, yesterday at Saturday prayer, I found these and I was praying for these people. Because somebody asked us to pray for a nine-year-old whose dad just went to jail for a few years. And I'm so thankful that somebody in our church entrusts us with something like that. That they know if I fill that out on that connection card that somebody's going to pray. I want you to know if you fill that out, I prayed for this young lady. And then there's, there's ones like this that somebody said, please pray for my brother. That he would stay sober and continue his recovery from addiction. And we got you. We're praying for that. And then it goes on to say, also pray that, pray that he would meet Jesus and have salvation. And so we're not just praying for just that, that, that freedom from, from, from addiction, but also that he'll experience the ultimate freedom, that he'll find Jesus. And we're praying for that, diligently praying for that. Another couple just found out, hey, my wife and I, we just found out that we're pregnant with our second child. And I don't know if that's a praise report or if that's a prayer request. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Either way, we're praying for you. We're excited for you and we're praying for you. Because I know when you switch to man to man, it's different. But here's the cool thing. This just doesn't happen in here. Our kids team does this with our kids each and every week. And so our awesome kids team goes around and they give these prayer cards for our kids. And our kids every single week are filling out prayer cards that we pray over each and every week. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you come to Saturday prayer and you grab some of these, they're either one, going to make you weep 
because they're so good, or two, you're going to die laughing every single time. It's one of those two extremes. In fact, I pulled one, and little Andrew, he's praying. He said, in sincerity of his heart, I hope everyone on earth goes to heaven. Just world revival. <laughs> what do you want? World revival. I just want that. Everybody to get saved. You hear the faith in that child? And I can tell you, I haven't prayed that in a long time. But I can tell you this, I prayed for it yesterday. Because we're going to pray over this. And, and then this other incredible young lady, she just said, will you pray for my Connect Four skills? Just that <laughs> praying strategy over you in Jesus' name. So why do we do all those things? Why do we provide all these things? Why do, we, why do we care so much about this stuff? Because we believe that we're better together. We believe that none of us is as strong as all of us. And we believe the words in James chapter 5 that there's power in prayer, especially when we pray together. And so we're going to pray in every situation. We're going to pray with others. And then number three, we're going to pray with expectation. The last part of James 5, 16 says the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. In the NIV, it says this, that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. James is certain that prayer is powerful, that it brings results, that prayer, it changes things. It changes situations. It changes outcomes. It changes hearts. It changes you. It changes others. It changes marriages. It changes job situations. It changes. So don't just pray these passive, reluctant, I hope this works prayers. Pray with expectancy, believing that when I pray that God's going to do something. Now, um, James, he goes on to just tell this story. And he just kind of mentions very briefly in two little verses this story from the Old Testament. And it's verse 17 where he says, just, just kind of, it kind of seems like it comes out of nowhere, but it connects. He says, Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. And so he says that and he just says, hey, by the way, here's this little story from the Old Testament. In prayer, you can expect things because when Elijah prayed, these things happened. But he kind of really shortens and simplifies that story because it really wasn't that easy. If you go to where that story is in the Bible, it's in 1 Kings 18. And maybe you write that down so you can go read that, that whole chapter. It's pretty cool, 1 Kings 18. But I'll just read you a little bit of what happened there. Because this was after Elijah was told by God that rain was coming. After a three and a half year long drought, God says rain's coming. And then here's was Elijah's response. He climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. He was desperate. The drought was three and a half years long. And he's like, God, I know you said this, and we desperately need rain. And then he said to his servant, you can imagine him sitting there praying, like not even looking up. Will you go look out towards the sea? And the servant went and looked. And then he returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything, nothing. Sunny skies, no clouds, no rain. And listen to what Elijah does. Seven times, 
Elijah told him to go and look. See, James, James doesn't mention that little detail. Seven times, go out and look. Any rain? No. Come back. Keep praying. Go look again. Any rain? No. No clouds. Just sun. I had to put on sunscreen. I'm getting sunburn out here. No clouds. Okay, pray, go, look. Okay, no, seven. Seven times. And it says, finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. And Elijah shouted. He gets so excited. He gets so fired up. Hurry, go tell this dude, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop. He's full of faith. He knows it's coming. And it says, and soon the sky was black with clouds. I love that scripture. You know, Elijah, he's saying like, it may not be raining right now, but I know I heard from God. Like, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop praying with expectation that God will do what he said he would do. That it may not be my timing, but I know, not that I feel, not that I think, I know that I heard from God and it's coming. The rain is coming. It may not be there the first time. Just keep praying and look again. It may not be there again. We'll look again. We'll look again. Keep praying. Look again. And how many times are we going to do this, Elijah? As many times as it takes. And I, it's like he's saying, I don't know when it's going to start raining, but it's going to rain. And what if he would have stopped at three or five or six? And maybe he would have never experienced that miracle, that breakthrough. And some of you may be desperately here today and you need a miracle. You need change. You desperately need a breakthrough. And you've been praying. You've been asking God to show up. You've been asking God to change something. You've been asking for that. Listen, keep praying. Keep having expectation. Keep believing. Keep having faith. Keep going to God. Keep praying with the prayer team. Keep filling out those prayer requests. Don't stop short. Don't stop at six. God will do what he said he would do. His timing isn't always the same as your timing, but he's always on time. And listen, you may be one desperate prayer away from everything changing. And just have that mentality. I don't know when it's going to rain, but it's going to rain. And I'm going to pray with expectation. And get this, throughout all the prayers, throughout all the time, you know what he wants? He just wants a relationship with you the whole time. You know why? Because he just doesn't want to do that thing or change that thing. He wants to change you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants to be able to maybe form some things in your character. And he wants to strengthen your faith. And he wants to do some things in you that only require that type of process. In fact, this is what, uh, this is, write this down. What God wants to do in you is just as important as what God wants to do for you. It's just as important that what he wants to do on the inside, that he wants to strengthen your character, build your faith, increase your dependency upon him. Because what God wants to do in you is just as important as what God wants to do for you. Now reading that last verse in, in James, where it says that that word righteous just kept standing out to me. So I would read this this week and it's like the word righteous just jumped off the pages of my Bible. That the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I've learned over time that when God highlights a word like that to me, I need to understand what it means. 
And so when I looked it up, the exact definition, that word, that it originally means this, holy, innocent, faultless, and guiltless. So when I hear that definition, I couldn't help but think, that's not me. I'm not holy. I'm not guiltless. I'm not faultless. I'm not innocent. I'm not righteous because I mess up all the time. So my question is, if only the prayers of the righteous are heard, are my prayers heard? Because I don't feel like that's me. Most of the time, I don't feel like it's me. So do my prayers just bounce off the ceiling? You know, it, it, it's almost like, I think we trick ourselves into thinking that our prayers and God's response to our prayers is dependent upon how we act. So when we're doing good, God hears our prayers. And when we're doing wrong things and we're messing up and we're making mistakes, it's like, I don't wanna hear you. We have this false view of God. And because we read things like this, like Isaiah chapter 64 in verse six, where it says our righteousness is like filthy rags. Like that's the best I can do. It's just these filthy rags. That's the most pure I can be. That's the most good I can be. It's just these, these filthy rags. So if my righteousness is like that, how in the world can my prayers be powerful? How can my prayers be effective? Oh, I'm glad you ask. Because listen to this verse, this beautiful verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 21, it says, God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. It says that because of what Jesus has done, we're now considered righteous. Not because of what we did, not because we performed, but because of what Jesus did. We're, that we're not righteous because of our behavior, we're righteous because of our savior. That because of Jesus, we now have access. Because of Jesus, we can have a relationship with God. Because of Jesus, the communication line is wide open. And now we can be considered righteousness. And that's because righteousness is not something to achieve. It's not something that we can just sit there and figure out and by our behavior, we can achieve it. Righteousness is something we receive. How? How can we receive the righteousness so that our prayers can be powerful and effective? It's all because of receiving the free gift of grace. By putting your faith in Jesus, by surrendering your entire life to him, by making the decision to follow Jesus. You wanna know how I can stand here with full authority and with every bit of confidence inside of me, look you in the eyes and say, you know that prayer is so powerful. Here's how because eternity has shifted in, in your life because of a prayer. That a prayer can change eternity. That literally we can experience the greatest miracle, salvation, spending eternity with God, becoming the righteousness of God by praying one sincere, heartfelt prayer. That's how I know prayer is powerful because my life has been forever changed by prayer. 
And we want to give you that opportunity right now. If you bow your head and close your eyes. And just in this moment, just ask God right here, right now, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? What does my response need to be to this message? Maybe for some of you, your response has to deal with prayer. Maybe it's, you know, I, there's, there's a lot of tangible things that the response could be today. Maybe it's, I just need to fill out one of those prayer request cards on the connection card. Maybe it's the, I need to go up and I need to receive prayer today. I don't need to wait anymore that as soon as this, the prayer team's up there, I need to go get prayer today. Maybe for some of you, it's, man, I, I need to join a group. I need to make sure that I'm living life with people and having people pray for me and have my back. Maybe I need to be a part of Saturday prayer and be there and make that a part of my weekly rhythm. But maybe for some of you, you need to pray the prayer that'll change you for forever, that'll change eternity. So maybe you're here and you feel so far from God and you just need a fresh start. You know, the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Jesus raised from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, you are one sincere, heartfelt prayer away from everything changing. And we wanna give you that opportunity. We're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna make you come forward, embarrass you in any way. This is a decision between you and God, but we do ask you to take a step. And that step is gonna be on the count of three to boldly put your hand in the air. It's not for everybody to see, but it's just for you to say, God, I'm making that decision today. And so if you're here and you wanna make that decision, you wanna give Jesus your life. You wanna make the decision to follow him. You wanna be able to receive grace today. I want you to, without hesitation, one, two, three, put your hand in the air and say, that's me, that's me. Maybe it's for the first time, I got you, I got you, I got you. Maybe it's, it's you're coming back to God. Anybody else? Yeah, I got you. That's awesome, I got you. You can put your hands down. Let's pray this, just pray this just in your heart. Just say, God, I love you so much. And Jesus, I need you. And I'm sorry, I repent that I've lived life without you. Will you come live inside of me? Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? I surrender everything to you. I give you my whole life. And right now I choose to follow you, not just right here in this moment, but for the rest of my life to start a relationship with you. And so I, I thank you that I have access to a relationship with you. And it's all because of Jesus. We love you. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can we clap our hands and celebrate with those that just made that amazing decision? Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople. 